0: hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the world of percy jackson in this episode we're gonna read chapters 51 and 52 and in the last episode we read chapters 49 and 50 and we found out that keon was one of the main factors behind the entire snow foggy atmosphere and froze most of the hunters including talia However, Leo comes to save the day when he's able to use his fire powers to help destroy some of the monsters into fine dust. With this, Leo and Piper try and work together in order to weaken the cage and get Hera out. Once they successfully break open the cage, Porfyrion realizes that he probably won't win against a goddess and immediately disappears, promising for revenge. Hera creates a supernova explosion to eradicate the rest of the monsters. Into which Jason forgot forgets to look away, and unfortunately has his body on fire. Now we're gonna read chapter fifty-one to see how this little fire fiasco is gonna be handled, and what goes out, what is gonna go what is gonna happen after this battle. Chapter fifty-one, Piper, Jason. Piper kept calling his name as she held him, though she'd almost lost hope. He'd been unconscious for two minutes now. His body was steaming, his eyes rolled back into his head. She couldn't even tell if he was even breathing. It's no use, child. Hera stood over them in her simple black robes and shawl. Piper hadn't seen the goddess go nuclear. Thankfully, she'd closed her eyes, but she could see the after effects. Every vestige of, the, of winter was gone from the valley. No signs of battle either. The monsters had been vaporized, the ruins had been restored to what they were before. Still ruins, but with no evidence, they'd been overrun by a horde of wolves, storm spirits, and six-armed ogres. Even the hunters had been revived. Most waited at a respectful distance in in the meadow, but Talia knelt by Piper's side, her hand on Jason's forehead. Talia glared up at the goddess. "'This is your fault! Do something!' Do not address me that way, girl. I am the queen. Fix him. Hera's eyes flickered with power. I did warn him. I would never intentionally hurt the boy. He was to be my champion. I'd hold them to close their eyes before I reveal my true form. Um, Leo frowned. True form is bad, right? So why did you do it? I unleashed my power to help you, fool. Hera cried. I became pure energy so I could disintegrate the monsters, restore this place, and even save these miserable hunters from the ice. But mortals can't look upon you in that form, Talia shouted. You've killed him! Leo shook his head in dismay. That's what our prophecy meant. Death unleashed through Hera's rage. Come on, lady, you're a goddess. Do some voodoo magic on him. Bring him back! Piper half heard their conversation, but mostly she was focused on Jason's face. He's breathing, she announced. Impossible, Hera said. I wish it were a true child, but no mortal has ever- Jason, Piper called, putting every bit of her willpower into his name. She could not lose him. Listen to me. You can do this. Come back. You're gonna be fine. Nothing happened. Has she imagined his breath stirring? Healing- is not a power of Aphrodite, Hera said regretfully. Even I cannot fix this girl, his mortal spirit. Jason, Piper said again, and she imagined her voice resonating through the earth all the way down to the underworld. Wake up. He gasped, and his eyes flew open. For a moment, they were full of light, glowing pure gold. Then the light faded, and his eyes were normal again. What happened? Impossible, Hera said. Piper wrapped him in a hug until he groaned, Crushing me! Sorry, she said, so relieved she laughed while wiping a tear from her eye. Talia gripped her brother's hand. How do you feel? Hot, he muttered. Mouth is dry, and I saw something really terrible. That was Hera, Talia grumbled. Her Majesty, the loose cannon. That's it, Talia Grace. Said the dark. Uh, said the uh, goddess, "I will turn you into an aardvark." So help me. Stop it, you two. Piper said. Amazingly, they both shut up. Piper helped Jason to his feet and gave him the last nectar from their supplies. Now, Piper faced Talia and Hera. Hera, your Majesty, we couldn't have rescued you without the hunters. And Talia, you would never would have seen Jason again. I wouldn't have met him if it weren't for Hera. You two make nice. "'because we've got bigger problems.' "'They both glared at her, and for three long seconds, "'Piper wasn't sure which one of them was going to kill her first. "'Finally, Tali grunted. "'You've got spirit, Piper.' "'She pulled a silver card from her parka "'and tucked it into the pocket of Piper's snowboarding jacket. "'You ever want to be a hunter, call me. "'We could use you.' "'Hera crossed her arms. "'Fortunately for this hunter, you have a point, daughter of Aphrodite.' She assessed Piper as of seeing her clearly for the first time. You wondered, Piper, why I chose you for this quest. Why I didn't reveal your secret in the beginning, even when I knew Enceladus was using you. I must admit, until this moment, I was not sure. Something told me you would be vital to the quest. Now I see I was right. You're even stronger than I realized, and you are correct about the dangers to come. We must work together. Piper's face felt warm. She wasn't sure how to respond to Hera's compliment, but Leo stepped in. "'Yeah,' he said. "'I I don't suppose that Porphyrion guy just melted and died, huh?' "'No,' Hera agreed. "'By saving me and saving this place, you prevented Gaia from waking. You have bought us some time, but Porphyrion has risen. He simply knew better than to stay here, especially since he has not yet regained his full power.' Giants can only be killed by a combination of god and demigod working together. Once you freed me, he ran away, Jason said. But to where? Hera didn't answer, but a sense of dread washed over Piper. She remembered what Porfirian had said about killing the Olympians by pulling up their roots. Grease. She looked at Talia's grim expression and guessed the hunter had come to the same conclusion. I need to find Annabeth, Talia said. She has to know what happened here. Talia. Jason gripped her hand. We never got to talk about this place, or... I know. Her expression softened. I lost you here once. I don't want to leave you again. But we'll meet soon. I'll rendezvous with you back at Camp Half-Blood. She glanced at Hera. You'll see them there safely. It's the least you can do. It's not your place to tell me, Queen Hera. Piper interceded. The goddess sighed. Fine, yes. Just off with you, Hunter. Hunter. Talia gave Jason a hug and said her goodbyes. When the hunters were gone, the courtyard seemed strangely quiet. The dry reflection of reflecting pool showed no sign of the earthen tendrils that had brought back the giant king or imprisoned Hera. The night sky was clear and starry. The wind rustled in the redwoods. Piper thought about that night in Oklahoma when she and her dad had slept in Grandpa Tom's front yard. She thought about the night on the wilderness school dorm roof when Jason had kissed her. In her mist, altered memories, anyway. Jason, what happened to you here? She asked. I mean, I I know your mom abandoned you here, but you said it was sacred ground for demigods? Why? What happened after you were on your own? Jason shook his head uneasily. It's still murky. The wolves... You were given a destiny, Hera said. You were given into my service. Jason scowled because you forced my mom to do that. You couldn't stand knowing Zeus had two children with my mom, knowing that he'd fallen for her twice. I was the price you demanded for leaving the rest of my family alone. It was the right choice for you as well, Jason, Hera insisted. The second time your mother managed to snare Zeus's affections, it was because she imagined him in a different aspect, the aspect of Jupiter. Never before had this happened, two children Greek and Roman, born into the same family. You had to be separated from Talia. This is where all demigods of your kind start their journey. Of his kind? Piper asked. She means Roman, Jason said. Demigods are left here. We meet the she-wolf goddess, Lupa, the same immortal wolf that raised Romulus and Remus. Hera nodded. And if you are strong enough, you live. But leo looked mystified what happened after that i mean jason had never made it to camp not to camp half-blood no hera agreed piper felt as if the sky was spiraling above her making her dizzy you went somewhere else that's where you've been all these years somewhere else for demigods but where jason turned to the goddess the memories are coming back but not the location you're not gonna tell me are you no, Hera said. That's part of your destiny, Jason. You must find your own own way back. But when you do, you will unite two great powers. You will give us hope against the giants and more importantly, against Gaia herself. You want us to help you, Jason said. But you're holding back information. Giving you answers would make those answers invalid, Hera said. That is the way of the fates. You must forge your own path for it to mean anything. Already, you three have surprised me. I would not have thought it possible. The goddess shook her head. Suffice it to say. You have performed well, demigods, but this is only the beginning. Now you must return to Camp Half-Blood, where you'll begin planning for the next phase. Which you won't tell us about, Jason grumped. And I suppose you destroyed my nice storm spirit horse, so we'll have to walk home. Hera waved aside the question. Storm spirits are creatures of Chaos. I did not destroy that one, though I have no idea where he went, or whether you'll see him again, but there is an easier way home for you, as you've done me a great service, so I can help you, at least this once. Farewell, demigods, for now. The world turned upside down, and Piper almost blacked out. When she could see straight again, she was back at camp, in the dining pavilion, in the middle of dinner. They were standing on the Aphrodite's cabin's table, and Piper had one foot in Drew's pizza. Sixty campers rose at once, gawking at them in astonishment. Whatever Hera had done to shoot them across the country, it wasn't good for Piper's stomach. She could barely control her nausea. Leo wasn't so lucky. He jumped off the table, ran to the nearest bronze brazier, and threw up in it. Which was probably not a great burnt offering for the gods. Jason? Chiron trotted forward. No doubt the old centaur had seen thousands of years of weird weird stuff, but... Even he looked totally flabbergasted. What? How? The Aphrodite campers stared up at Piper with their mouths open. Piper figured she must look awful. Hi. She said as casually as she could. We're back. And that's the end of chapter 51. Um, that was definitely a very interesting chapter. And I feel really bad about Jason because Jason wanted to know more about his memories because they were taken from him in the first place and now that he doesn't get them back he really has no idea about uh, about you know about most of the stuff that he's supposed to know about and it's 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 slowly coming back to him, but at the same time, he has to figure this stuff all on his own, and it, I can understand where his frustration is coming from, because, you know, when you lose your memories, and you fight an entire quest to get them back, you expect to get them back, but unfortunately, Hera said that apparently that Jason needs to find his own memories on his own effort, so we'll have to see how Jason approaches finding his own memories, but... We'll have to read chap- uh, next, after the break, we'll read chapter 52, again, from Piper's perspective. And we'll see what really happens and what they need to do about what they s- start planning for the next, uh, the, n- the next, uh, battle with the Giants and Gaia. Hopefully, like Kara said, they brought some time, but it will definitely take some time for them to formulate a plan and see what they have to do. And if they possibly even find Percy, because Percy can be a huge help to all of this this entire fight so after the break we'll read chapter 52 piper and we're back from the ads and now we're going to read chapter 52 piper piper didn't remember much about the rest of the night they told their story and answered a million questions from the other campers but finally kyron saw how tired they were and ordered them to bed It felt so good to sleep on a real mattress and piper was so exhausted she crashed immediately which spared her any worry about what it would be like returning to the aphrodite cabin the next morning she woke in her bunk feeling reinvigorated the sun came through the windows along with a pleasant breeze it might have been spring instead of winter birds sang monsters and monsters howled in the woods breakfast smelled wafted from the dining pavilion. Bacon, pancakes, and all sorts of wonderful things. Drew and her gang were frowning down at her, or their arms crossed. Morning, Piper sat up and smiled. Beautiful day? You're gonna make us late for breakfast, Drew said, which means you get to clean the cabin for inspection. A week ago, Piper would have either punched Drew in the face or hidden back under her covers. Now she thought about the Cyclops in Detroit, Medea in Chicago, Midas turning her to gold in Omaha. Looking at Drew, who used to bother her, Piper laughed. Drew's smug expression crumbled. She backed up, then remembered she was supposed to be angry. What are you... Challenging you? Piper said, how about noon in the arena? You can choose the weapons. She got out of bed, stretched leisurely, and beamed at her cabin mates. She spotted Mitchell and Lacey, who'd helped her pack for the quest. They were smiling tentatively, their eyes flitting from Piper to Drew like this might be a very interesting tennis game. I missed you guys, Piper announced. We're gonna have a great time when I'm senior counselor. Drew turned bug juice red. Even her closest lieutenants looked a little nervous. This wasn't in their script. You, Drew spluttered. You ugly little witch. I've been here the longest. You can't just... Challenge you? Piper said. Sure I can. Camp rules. I've been claimed by Aphrodite. I've completed a quest, which is one more than you've completed. If I feel I can do a better job, I can challenge you. Unless you just want to step down. Did I get all that right, Mitchell? Just right, Piper. Mitchell was grinning. Lacey was bouncing up and down like she was trying to achieve liftoff. A few of the other kids started to grin as if they were enjoying the different colors Drew's face was turning. Step down?! Drew shrieked. You're crazy. Piper shrugged, then, as, then fast as a viper, she pulled Catoptress from under her pillow, unsheathed the dagger, and thrust the point under Drew's, Drew's chin. Everybody else backed up fast. One guy crashed into a makeup table and sent up a plume of pink powder. A duel then, Piper said cheerfully. If you don't want to wait until noon, now is fine. You've turned this cabin into a dictatorship, Drew. Selena Beauregard knew better than that. Aphrodite is about love and beauty being loving, spreading beauty, good friends, good times, good deeds, not just looking good. Selena made mistakes, but in the end, she stood by her friends. That's why she was a hero. I'm going to set things right, and I've got a feeling mom will be on my side. Want to find out? Drew went cross-eyed, looking down the blade of Piper's dagger. A second pass, then two. Piper didn't care. She was absolutely happy and confident. must have shown in her smile. "'I stepped down,' Drew grumbled. "'But if you think I'm ever going to forget this, McLean.' "'Oh, I hope you won't,' Piper said. "'Now run along to the dining pavilion "'and explain to Kyron why we're late. "'There's been a change of leadership.' "'Drew back to the door. "'Even her closest lieutenants didn't follow her. "'She was about to leave when Piper said, "'Oh, and Drew, honey?' "'The former counselor looked back reluctantly. "'In case you think I'm not a true daughter of Aphrodite,' "'Piper said,' Don't even look at Jason Grace. He may not know it yet, but he's mine. If you even try to make a move, I will load you into a catapult and shoot you across Long Island Sound. Drew turned around so fast, she ran into the doorframe. Then she was gone. The cabin was silent. The other campers stared at Piper. This was the part she was unsure of. She didn't want to rule by fear. She wasn't like Drew, but she didn't know if they'd accept her. Then, spontaneously, the the Aphrodite campers... The Aphrodite campers cheered so loudly they must have been heard all they must have been heard all across camp. They heard they heard Piper out of the cabin, raised her on her shoulders, and carried her all the way to the dining pavilion, still in her pajamas, her hair still a mess, but she didn't care. She never felt better. By afternoon, Piper had changed into comfortable camp clothes and led the Aphrodite cabin through their morning activities. She was ready for free time. Some of the buzz of her victory had faded because she had an appointment at the big house. Kyron met her at the, on the front porch in human form, compacted into his wheelchair. Come inside, my dear. The video conference is ready. The only computer at camp was in Kyron's office, and the whole room was shielded in bronze plating. Demigods and technology don't mix, Kyron explained. Phone calls, texting, even browsing the internet. All these things can attract monsters. Why, just this fall at a school in Cincinnati, we had to rescue a young hero who googled the Gorgons and got a little more than he bargained for. But, never mind that. Here at camp, you're protected. Still, we try to be cautious. You'll only be able to talk for a few minutes. Got it, Piper said. Thank you, Kyron. He smiled and wheeled himself out of the office. Piper hesitated before clicking the call button. Kyron's office had a cluttered, cozy feel. One wall was covered with t-shirts from different conventions. Party Ponies 09, Vegas Party Ponies 10, Honolulu, etc., Piper didn't know who the Party Ponies were, but judging from the stained, scorch marks, and weapon holes in the t shirts, they must have had some pretty wild meetings. On the shelf over Chiron's desk sat an old fashioned boombox with cassette tapes labeled Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra, and greatest hits of the 40s. Kyron was so old, Piper wondered if that meant 1940s, 1840s, or maybe just AD 40. But most of the office's wall space was plastered with photos of demigods, like a Hall of Fame. One of the newer shots showed a teenage guy with dark hair and green eyes. Since he stood arm in arm with Annabeth, Piper assumed the guy must be Percy Jackson. In some of the older photos, she recognized famous people, businessmen, athletes, even some actors her dad knew. Unbelievable, she muttered. Piper wondered if her photo would go on that wall someday. For the first time, she felt like she was part of something bigger than herself. Demigods had been around for centuries. Whatever she did, she did for all of them. She took a deep breath and made the call. The video screen popped up. Gleason Hedge grinned at her from her dad's office. Seeing the news? Kinda hard to miss, Piper said. I hope you know what you're doing. Kyron had shown her a newspaper at lunch. Her dad's mysterious return from nowhere had made the front page his personal assistant jane had been fired for covering up her dis- disappearance and failing to notify the police a new staff had been hired and personally vetted by tristan mclean's life clo- coach gleason hedge according to the paper mr mclean claimed to have no memory of the last week and the media was totally eating up the story some thought it was a clever marketing ploy for a movie maybe mclean was going to play an amnesiac Some thought he'd been kidnapped by terrorists, or rabid fans, or had heroically escaped from ransom seekers using his incredible King of Sparta fighting skills. Whatever the truth, Tristan McLean was more famous than ever. It's going great, Hedge promised, but don't worry. We're gonna keep him out of the public eye for the next month or so until things cool down. Your dad's got more important things to do, like resting and talking to his daughter. "'Don't get too comfortable out there in Hollywood, Gleason,' Piper said, Hedge snorted. <laughs> "'You kidding? These people make Aeolus look sane. I'll be back as soon as I can, but your dad's got to get back on his feet first. He's a good guy.' "'Oh, and by the way, I took care of that other uh, little matter. The park service in the Bay Area just got an anonymous gift of a new helicopter, and that ranger pilot who helped us? She's got a very lucrative offer to fly for Mr. McLean.' "'Thanks, Gleason,' Piper said for everything yeah well i don't try to be awesome it just comes natural speaking of alice's place meet your dad's new assistant hedge was nudged out of the way and a pretty young lady grinned into camera Melly? piper stared but it was definitely her the aura who would helped them escape from alice's fortress you're working for my dad now isn't it great does he know you're a you know wind spirit oh no But I love this job. It's. um. a breeze? Piper couldn't help but laugh. (laughs) I'm glad. That's awesome. But where. Just a sec. Melly kissed Gleason on the cheek. Come on, you old goat. Stop hogging the screen. What? Hedge demanded. But Melly steered him away and called. Mr. McLean? She's on. A second later, Piper's dad appeared. He broke into a huge grin pipes he looked great back to normal with his sparkling brown eyes his half-day beard his confident smile and his newly trimmed hair like he was ready to shoot a scene piper was relieved but she also felt a little sad back to normal wasn't necessarily what she'd wanted in her mind she started the clock on a normal call like this on a work day she hardly ever got her dad's attention for longer than 30 seconds hey she said weakly you feeling okay honey i'm so sorry to worry you with this disappearance business i i don't know his smile wavered and she could tell he was trying to remember grasping for a memory that should have been there but wasn't i'm not sure what happened honestly but i'm fine coach hedge has been a godsend a godsend she repeated (laughs) funny choice of words he told me about your new school Dad said, I'm sorry the wilderness school didn't work out, but you were right. Jane was wrong. I was a fool to listen to her. Ten seconds left, maybe, but at least her dad sounded more sincere. Like he really did feel remorseful. You don't remember anything? She said a bit wistfully. Of course I do, he said. A chill went down her neck. You do? I remember that I love you, he said, and I'm proud of you. Are you happy at your new school? Piper blinked. She wasn't going to cry now. After all she'd been through, that would be ridiculous. Yeah, dad. It's more like a camp, not a school. But yeah, I think I'll be happy here. Call me as often as you can, he said, and come home for Christmas. And Pipes? Yes? He touched the screen as a final reached through with his hand. You're a wonderful young lady. I don't tell you that often enough. You remind me so much of your mother. She'd be proud. And Grandpa Tom. He chuckled. He always said you'd be the most powerful voice in our family. You're going to outshine me someday, you know. They're going to remember me as Piper McLean's father, and that's the best legacy I can imagine. Piper tried to imagine, but she was afraid she'd break down. She just touched his fingers on the screen and nodded. Melly said something in the background, and her dad sighed. Studio calling. I'm sorry, honey and he did sound genuinely annoyed to go. It's okay, Dad, she managed. Love you. He winked, then the video call went black. 45 seconds, maybe a full minute. Piper smiled. A small improvement, but it was progress. At the commons area, she found Jason relaxing on a bench, a basketball between his feet. He was sweaty from working out, but he looked great in his orange tank top and shorts. His various scars and bruises from the quest were healing, thanks to some medical attention from the Apollo cabin. His arms and legs were well-muscled and tanned, distracting as always. His close-cropped blonde hair cro- caught the f- afternoon lights, so it looked like it was turning to gold, Midas style. Hey, he said. How would it go? It took her a second to focus on his question. Hmm? Oh, yeah, fine. She sat next to him, and they watched the campers go back and forth. A couple of Demeter girls were playing tricks on two of the Apollo guys, making grass grow around their ankles as they shot baskets. Over at the camp store, the Hermes kids were putting up a sign that read, Flying Shoes Slightly Used 50% Off Today. Ares kids were lining their cabin with fresh barbed wire. The Hypnos cabin was snoring away. A normal day at camp. Meanwhile, the Aphrodite kids were watching Piper and Jason and trying to pretend they weren't. Piper was pretty sure she saw money change hands, like they were placing bets on a kiss. "'Get any sleep?' she asked him. He looked at her as if he'd, she'd been reading his thoughts. "'Not much. Dreams? About your past?' he nodded. She didn't push him. If he wanted to talk, that was fine. But she knew him better than to depress the subject. She didn't even worry that her knowledge of him was mostly based on three months of false memories. "'You can sense possibilities.' her mother had said, and Piper was determined to make those possibilities a reality. Jason spun his basketball. It's not good news, he warned. My memories aren't good for for any of us. Piper was pretty sure he'd been about to say for us, as in the two of them, and she wondered if he'd remembered a girl from his past. But she didn't let it bother her. Not on a sunny winter day like this, with Jason next to her. We'll figure it out she promised. He looked at her hesitantly, like he wanted very much to believe her. Annabeth and Rachel are coming in for the meeting tonight. I should probably wait until then to explain. Okay. She plucked a blade of grass by her foot. She knew there were dangerous things in store for both of them. She would have to compete with Jason's past, and they might not even survive their war against the Giants, but right now, they were both alive, and she was determined to enjoy this moment. Jason studied her warily. His forearm tattoo was faint blue in the sunlight. You're in a good mood. How can you be so sure things will work out? Because you're going to lead us, she said simply. I'd follow you anywhere. Jason blinked, then slowly he smiled. Dangerous thing to say. I'm a dangerous girl. That, I believe. He got up and brushed off his shorts. He offered her a hand. Leo says he's got something to show us out in the woods. You coming? Wouldn't miss it. She took his hand and stood up. For a moment, they kept holding hands. Jason tilted his head. We should get going. Yep, she said, just a sec. She let go of his hand and took a card from her pocket. The silver calling card that Talia had given her for the Hunters of Artemis. She dropped it into a nearby eternal fire and watched it burn. There would be no breaking hearts in Aphrodite Cabin from now on. That was one rite of passage they didn't need. Across the green, her cabinet mates looked disappointed that they hadn't witnessed a kiss. They started cashing in their bets. But that was alright. Piper was patient, and she could see lots of good possibilities. Let's go, she told Jason. We've got adventures to plan. And that's the end of chapter 52. Now that was a very very nice ending to this episode i think that hopefully the relationship between jason and piper is going to slowly increase and get better as they get closer with each other and even though three months might the three months between them what piper and jason had initially thought and with jason losing his memories maybe they'll be able to make an even stronger connection than what they had built in those three months and hopefully you know recreate all those memories and possibly you know start from from bottom up and really create that foundation for a strong relationship and yeah I really am interested to see what um are going to be the plans on how they're going to face Gaia and all these new monsters that are going to start rising and eventually start planning ways to take down Olympus and the and the demigods, and again, Hera, I I believe it was Hera that pointed out that the demigods and the gods need to work together in order to defeat monsters like Porphyrion, so hopefully that happens once again, just like it happened with, in the Titan War, because when, and even, uh, when Percy got Kronos, sorry, not Kronos, Hades, to come out and help, that was a pretty big move, and hopefully, once again, the demigods and gods partner up, and are able to defeat the, Monsters once and for all. So until next week, we we will continue reading with chapter fifty four and fifty five and fifty three and fifty four, and we'll have to see what Leo is really wanting to show them in the woods. So until next week, stay safe, stay out of boredom. If you guys wish to support my uh, podcast, there's a Patreon linked in the description of this podcast. Totally optional, but if you guys wish to, thank you and thank you for listening to the podcast once again. Stay safe. Stay out of boredom.